1: Welcome back to the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. It is I, Lyle Swithenbank, your host. This is, of course, a SportsEthos.com presentation. I'm calling in from, uh, well, not really sunny Perth, but what I've done, what I've done for all of the people out in Pels world is I've assembled a crack team of some of the biggest Pels fans down under. I get this question all the time. People go... you're the only one down there and no the answer is no so I've got the guys together we have formed a little team and we're going to be chatting pals today I am joined by Brenton Eckersley from Adelaide Aiden from Port Macquarie and ads from Melbourne Brenton how are you going good to have you on the pod
2: Mate, just an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you for organising this and giving us, uh, you know, remote Australian Pelicans fans a, a chance to chat about our favourite team and and what got us here. You know,
1: oh, we're the satellite fans, I guess the the satellite fan base down under. And ads, uh, cheers for joining us from Melbourne. A bit frosty over there at the moment.
3: No, it's absolutely freezing, mate.
1: Yeah, and uh, Aiden over in New South Wales, a bit wet over there at the minute, isn't it?
4: Oh, I got a couple of sprinkles today, but it's dried up, dried oh, up a little bit over the last week or so, which is good. Oh, perfect! Yeah, well, thanks
1: for the um, uh, for them clearing that off because it's been pretty wild and woolly. I've seen. So what I've done is basically wrangled someone from every part of Australia, uh, and so you can sort of compare accents if there are any differences, and you can see if there is any change for all of the Americans trying to do a case study out there as to whether or not we all talk the same, um, guys the Pelicans, I had to assemble you because I needed to justify why we, we go for this team. And and I wanted to talk about uh, how we came to this fandom. I've talked about it on the pod uh, throughout the journey, but I'd love to hear your guys' uh, stories. And uh, I think I'll kick off. Brenton, you want to let us know how you started supporting the New Orleans Pelicans?
2: Yeah, sure. So it's a, probably a little different journey for me. I, I am just a fantasy tragic a, a sports fantasy tragic and I've played fantasy sports all my life and watched a lot of NBA when I was younger I, a much younger man but kind of left it alone for quite a many years uh but then picked up on this uh, amazing thing called DFS or daily fantasy sports where I could play NBA fantasy every day without really knowing who any of the players were and um eventually when you when you're investing money into something, you you tend to pick up on who the players are pretty quickly. Um, and uh, this is probably five or six years ago. and along the journey, a young man by the name of Brandon Ingram just happened to catch my eye. He was a laker at the time. Um, but I loved to watch him play and just you know enjoyed his basketball and after a couple of years and, uh, you know, the, the Anthony Davis trade and all of that and he ended up a Pelican and, and I just found myself wanting to watch him, wanting to watch the Pelicans to the point where I am rooting hard for them, you know, uh, just uh, can't miss a Pelicans game. Uh, yeah, you know, a huge, huge Pelicans fan now and uh, I think I've probably come on board at just about the right time. Yeah,
1: I think you're right, and I mean Brendan Ingram. We've we've watched the growth of him. It's been uh, it's been fantastic. And we'll get to him later on in the yeah. show, but it's crazy how we gravitate yeah you know, gravitate towards players. I mean, for me, big fan of a few different teams throughout the journey, and then I guess inheriting the the podcast, and then really delving into a team. You just get emotionally invested, especially when you see these guys, I suppose, grow and develop. And um, but yeah, it is. 100%. It's, it's awesome.
2: And, and I was completely happy, Lyle, just watching basketball for fantasy, for fantasy sake. I was so happy not uh, barracking for any particular team. And, yeah, I just couldn't help myself, fell in love. The Pelicans chose me. I didn't choose them.
1: It's a uh, – yeah, I think it's a bit like that. You sort of uh, – and once you're in, you're in. You're, you're hooked in. And, um, I mean, Ads, what were your thoughts on uh, – why did you join the Pelicans? I'd love to hear this story.
3: So – I've said it a few times on Twitter, just that like, I started supporting or as young as I can remember. I've been playing since I was five. And, you know, like, as an Australian, you have to pick a team every sport you play, whether it be cricket, footy, whatever. So the, there were there were only four teams back in, like, 92 that you got to see in Australia. It was the Lakers, Orlando, the Bulls, and the Hornets at the time. So I just chose the Hornets because they were they had cool colors, and then you know we drafted Larry Johnson and then Alonzo Mourning, and it was love at first sight. My mum actually hunted down someone around Christmas time because they saw a kid where she saw a kid wearing an Alonzo Mourning jersey and hunted the mum down and said, "Where'd you get that from?" And that was me Christmas present in '93. But ever since then it's just been Hornets, Pelicans, everything. That's all. It's awesome. been a. Able- it has been a dire existence for a few of those years, though.
1: So long to well, you know, long time, uh, decades long, well, I suppose New Orleans, Charlotte slash New Orleans uh, fan and and now stuck with us. Um, and, and it's good to have you on board. I mean, it's great to have people who have seen, I suppose, the evolution of the Pelicans and, and its predecessors, uh, I suppose, throughout the different... Um, Errors and and still supporting the team and like you said it hasn't been smooth sailing to say the least and and hopefully hopefully we're turning a corner I might be jinxing it and everyone's going to hold me to this but um, I'm really excited for this for this year uh, Aiden all the way from Port Macquarie what do you uh, what do you think about the Pels and why are you supporting
4: Yeah so I I had a uh, workmate basically pressure me into start following some uh, US sports about five years ago now. Anyway, it started, basically started with the NFL and following the Saints. Picked them, basically remember playing Madden when I was a kid. Um, used to play as the Saints all the time. So, funny enough, they had a basketball team as well in New Orleans. So, just started following them and um, basically gravitated towards Drew Holiday. Um, massive Drew Holiday fan. Big, big fan of his. And that's that's why I stuck with them pretty much
1: yeah I mean I'm a big Saints supporter as well um I think I was probably the other way around where I started with basketball and then sort of moved into the NFL started playing NFL fantasy a bit like uh a bit of a fantasy tragic myself and um not any good at it um but enthusiastic and uh, I suppose that's that's what counts um but yeah, I love I mean, love the Saints, love the uh the Pels, and I suppose New Orleans sport in general, it's infectious. And and I think that's been a real big thing this year has been this change in culture and change in narrative. I mean, we've been uh, in quotation marks down in the dumps for you know, decades, I guess, and, and and people have you know stuck by the side and in varying levels of uh support throughout the journey. But this year, and particularly the season just gone, was this preached uh changing culture changing the narrative and you could feel it I feel like there's so many more people invested we're getting the casual fans and the like and um as a, uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on this well I mean you've seen the evolution of the fandom um, how did you feel about the last season and this change in culture
3: this has been like the last season just gone even with the Zion stuff up in the air it's been one of if not my favourite season, being a Pelican slash Hornets fan. Just we've had so much crap of superstars wanting to leave. And even in after 2018, when we beat the um, Blazers, oh, well, we swept the Blazers, sorry. We didn't just beat them. Right. But we, had, we always had the looming Anthony Davis is going to leave stuff. Like we were never like locked in and the the franchise didn't really have direction because that was always. But this season, like we hired the right coach after a few goes. The front office is in lockstep with each other. We've got a young call, Zion signed. Ingram, we've got like Ingram's our leader. And we're just, everything looks like it's finally locked into place to hit the next step. Like we're almost there in the 08 with that team. But then West got injured, but like, we're, we're healthy. Fingers crossed we're healthy and we've just got a good season. Like we don't have anything looming. Everyone's locked up. Everyone's contracted, got the coach, got the players, got the front office. I just think we're good to go.
1: Yeah. We are hundred percent. I think um, we're, we're really in a situation now that uh, is, is setting us up for the future. If not, the now, I guess, the present. Um, It's crazy to think that now everyone locked in and um, I suppose the future is sort of set, touch wood, unless some, I don't know, massive turn of events happens. Um, It it seems to be pretty well settled, especially the roster coming into this year. Uh, Aidan, your thoughts on this change in culture and change of narrative? I mean, it's been preached at us. Did you feel it this year as well?
4: Oh, big time, big time. This this is this has been a massive year for that. Um, I think first off, we just got to shout out Antonio Daniels for basically a lot of the stuff he's done. Um, Being a respected voice around the league and respected player when he did play, I think he, he really, I guess, pushed, pushed that a lot on Twitter and even the podcast he's went on, you know, he's gone on some pretty big uh, national podcasts now. And so, yeah, I was like, to. Shout out Antonio Demas for changing that, but yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's gone from every week or every NBA today show of Anthony Davis is gone. This is gone to nothing. You know, they don't, they don't say anything now and it's, it's pretty amazing. You know, Zion's buying in and he's not, you know, he's starting to talk to the public and stuff now and yeah, it's good. They can't, they can't really, uh, Throw us under the bus anymore, and yeah, no, it's been good. It's I found it's been
1: really nice to not get this national sort of uh, agenda against the Pelicans, particularly since I, I honestly think the turning point was probably getting CJ McCollum. I mean, Kendrick Perkins got called out on spaces, which was which was one of the best mob mentalities I've ever seen, is being able to wrangle a guy like that off um, and make him retract his statements and, and eat his words, which I Still to this day, flabbergasted that he jumped on there and, <laughs> and
3: yeah. yeah, it's all-time Pelicans moment that yeah. spaces was well. when he when he actually stood up and chatted for a good fifty minutes with the fans. All-time moment. Some of <laughs> some of the stuff that was said to him. <laughs> he's got a good sense of humour, doesn't he?
1: Oh, to be able to take all that sort of. Um... You know, there was a bit of back and forth in that, and um, you know, some of the things that said were said, <laughs> you raise your eyebrows at. But it, geez, it was funny, and and to have a guy like that say, "Well, I'll put my money where my mouth is," should Zion resign? I mean, it's, it's fantastic. And uh, Brendan, did you have any um, any thoughts about that? You know, Zion resigning is that also a sign of the changing culture?
2: Oh, of course. I mean, <laughs> I think. Um... That that wrap that's the ribbon around the package, right? So we've all been waiting for Zion to, to re-sign and um in the background things were developing along, especially last season with this with Willie Green coming on board. I think that was absolutely key for the Pelicans to get the right coach. It's a hundred percent clear that we now have the right coach. You can Feel the energy in the locker room, or you know that is obviously emanating from the locker room because you can see it on the court. You can see it these guys, when these guys are hanging out at summer league. You can see it uh, when they're in practice, and you get those short clips on Twitter or social media. You can see the the infectiousness that this coach has had around the locker room, and and the, the bringing together of this team as a, as a bunch of guys who really want to be together. And that was that was such a key to last season. Uh, it, it was strikingly different to the season before, um, and the whole. Zion um, actually signing, I mean, all four of us would have been just as excited the day that we actually saw um, the, the notifications on Twitter or wherever we were seeing them, you know, that was the culmination of, of this change in culture. Um, what was going on in the background, we don't really know because we're not in the locker room and we're not the players' managers. But um, to actually have, you know, pen to paper with, with you know, one of the league's oh, most freakish athletes and potential god god knows what the limit is top 10 player who knows um to have him sign on and just just you know put the nail in the coffin for all the pelicans haters out there um that was yeah one of the best moments for me in the last uh, little while
1: absolutely i agree with you 100% and i mean i was i was over the moon i did that little video which was a little bit uh, salty a little bit uh, petty but you know well you got <laughs> <laughs> they made their bed. They got a lie in it, I guess. Um, it, I honestly, I thought Zion re-signing was just, yeah, the, the cherry on top. You could see he was chomping at the bit at the end of last year uh, during the playoff run and the like that he wanted to be playing. And to see what he looks like now versus then, I mean, the bloke's been working hard. He looks strong. He looks fit. And he's. He, I don't think he was ready then. He, I think he's ready now. And um, touch wood, he can keep himself healthy. And gosh, I I'd, I'd be nervous to be coming up against a bloke like that with a bit of a chip on his shoulder after all the flak he's been copping in the last year or so. But you know, this season, while we we have such fond memories of this season, it actually started pretty bloody woefully. One and twelve start, three and sixteen to then get into the play-in, to then win two play-in games, which I don't know, it's only happened once before, I suppose, in the two years of play-in. So maybe that's not bad statistics, but <laughs> yeah, um, to then make a playoff push and push these Suns uh, to six games, it, it showed a bit of grit and a bit of determination and, and a, a culture, you know, we've got to, you've got to fight that speech. I, I think it resonated with everyone. Mm. I mean, <laughs> I can still hear it. I mean, you shared it in the group chat and, um, wow, it still hits the same. Uh, I think that should be like in any hype track ever it's just <laughs> you're struggling running put that in your ears and you'll run through a brick wall I think uh, so that being said this culture and this roster and this group together has really shown something and adds on to it I mean it's just going to be a fantastic little bonus uh, Brenton. I'll start with you on this one do you think the roster is settled I mean everyone's under contract obviously the, the disappointing news about EJ Liddell with the um the ACL in Summer League. Dyson takes that other spare roster spot being Tony Snell's, um, or formerly Tony Snell's spot. Uh, do you think there's any other moves for, foreseeable or, or do you think this uh, this roster is settled?
2: I think it's pretty settled. I think um, the... the... You know the lack of activity, for want of a better way to say it, over this off season um, by the Pelicans probably shows that um, the head office and the coaching group and potentially the playing group as well is fairly happy with where this sits. I mean, you're now talking about um, CJ, Bi, Zion, uh, Jonas, and uh, Herb Jones as a you know probable starting five most nights. What's wrong with that? that? That that is a super group of talented and athletic guys, um, and good on the defensive end. You got all these nice young backup guys. You got Trey. You got Jose. Um, we got Dyson Daniels now. It, this is a this is a, a young package, but it is a serious package. Like I, like you said, um, I wouldn't want to be the team that has to come up against this this group of um, motivated young. Um, talented players all on all on the court at one time i think we're deep uh i think we've got exuberance i think we've got confidence now um i, I can't wait to see where this goes
1: yeah 100 I, I think the the overarching is a belief this team believes that they can hang with anyone and then now you've got the talent to do it when you fight back from one and twelve they're all in the trenches. You then add CJ McCollum. You then have an offseason where everyone's together. I mean, they were all in Las Vegas, besides JV, who was in uh Lithuania. But besides that, like everyone was there. And they seem to put the Instagrams and all that sort of carry-on's been going on and they're all together. And and I mean, it's great to see and great as a supporter because team well, we've seen it in multitude of sports. Is if if a teams together and they want to play together, they play better. It's just you know, you get in in lockstep, as, uh, as Ads had said earlier, the David Griffin uh, quote. Ads, what are your thoughts on the roster? Do you think there's anything we're missing or, or do you think we're pretty much settled? Anything that uh, you'd add or not
3: add? The reason I'm not a GM is because I would suck at roster construction, but I don't think we're done. I really think that there's like a consolidation move to either get a, a another defender, like a wing defender, three-point shooter, a 3 and D guy basically. But um, with what, what that package looks like though, I think maybe Jax might be on his way out as sort of a, a key part to that because I think we really just want to stick around with the shooting. And I think... The shooting and the defense, especially. And I think um, Jax becomes a little bit expendable with uh, Nance probably going to get big minutes, especially with Zion coming back into that rotation. And, you know, Devontae's up in the air at the moment with his stuff as well. He's got his uh, legal troubles. And he's been in every trade conversation that we've had. I I think that there's just a consolidation move to open up a roster spot. To, to get a, a player, I think. I, I don't know what that is or who that is. I just think that there's more moves to be done. But the whole league's just held up by Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Like, yeah, no I one think, wants to yeah. move.
1: I think we're seeing that. Um, I mean, DeAndre Ayton had to force his, <laughs> force the hand of the Suns to be able to get his max contract. And uh, I think with the Suns responding as quickly as they did, they were sort of holding out that maybe they'd still be in the sweepstakes for KD if he was, in fact, traded. I think Rudy Gobert that, trade completely cooked any value in the market at the moment because the Timberwolves sold the house on him. Um, yeah, that yeah, was out that, of control.
3: That, that, that is complete mismanagement by the Suns, though. The yeah. whole eight. It's just mismanagement from the get go.
1: Yeah, 100%. It, and, you know, this, we heard these rumblings for a couple of years, the way they were training DA there. So no wonder it was like, well, come on, you're, you, you're taking the mickey out of me. Well, I'm going to sign here and this is what you're going to pay me. I'm happy with this. Um, I agree to a degree that if there is a move that's made, I think it's Jackson Devontae are the two uh, players there that will probably be moved. Uh, I mean, particularly because Devontae is another one of those small guards. We've got a couple of those now and then Dyson Daniels, depending on how much he contributes straight away, probably makes him expendable in terms of a ball handler. Um, although Devontae's more of that catch and shoot guy that was forced to sort of handle the rock this year. Um Jax is also eligible for an extension. So are you gonna pay this guy 10, 15, 20 million to sit on the bench and perhaps not contribute quite as much? We've been waiting for him for three years. Um, if he does hang around, well, maybe he he bets. Well, I think he's gonna to have to bet on himself and hopefully um get himself a nice little tasty offer in restricted free agency next year. But I guess we'll see what happens there. Uh Aiden, any thoughts on, on that roster construction? Would you like to see him go and get anyone or what do you reckon?
4: Well, I think it I think it goes the other way in terms of starting wise. I mean, in a way we're adding an all NBA, 27 points per game, 60% shooting, power forward back into the team. You know, I think you look at the starting lineup we didn't have that all year so in a way you could say we're adding that back into the team and for the for the bench wise you've, you guys basically covered it I think it's it's pretty solid other than Jackson and Devontae but even then Devontae was brought in to play behind Zion so you don't really know uh what they're going to do with with that part of it but both of them have legal issues I don't know how how serious the Pelicans take that kind of stuff um, but yeah, I just look at it as if we're adding an all NBA player back into the starting lineup, and I think that's all that really should matter. Um, uh, and then they can just re look at it at the uh trade deadline,
1: yeah. And I mean, I think it may, it may be that situation that perhaps now that the market is a bit skewed, um, that they hold Pat until maybe February. And if we need to get that final piece to sort of push it over the edge, well, maybe we, we do it again, but it's tricky because like you said, with the legal issues of Devontae and, um, and Jackson, does that impede their value? Well, who knows if there's, you know, we've, we've seen with, um, with miles bridges situation at the moment, which is just bloody terrible. Um, all that sort of carry on coming out about that. Um, it's will there will the league step in and, and start addressing things like this because we've seen other guys um, you know sort of have it uh, like their legal troubles not affect it quite as much and, and perhaps that will become big, a bigger issue down the line. Um, obviously, like in the NFL, you have things like bringing the game into disrepute and things like that. I don't think they have that in the NBA, but perhaps that that is an issue. Uh, Brenton, what were your thoughts on that?
2: I think that um, sport as a, as a, you know, a ground for for this type of thing where we're talking about legal issues is actually one of the most forgiving places on earth or spaces on earth. Um, and I think that there's a line, obviously, like you just mentioned Miles Bridges. I think that's uh, way, way past the line. But generally uh, in, in the sport, world um, indiscretions can be kind of forgiven uh, based on talent let's say Um, sometimes it happens a lot over here in the AFL Um, we've got some guys commentating who in my opinion shouldn't be uh, anywhere near a friggin microphone for the uh, past things that they've been involved with but uh, yeah I just think um, maybe the legal side of things unless the NBA steps in and changes things it's probably not too much of an issue for these two guys that's just my two cents anyway
1: Yeah, well, uh, uh, no, I'm with you. And I think, um, yeah, talent does seem to skew it as well. I read a good article and i forget that I didn't write a name down who wrote it. It was about stop putting the stat line in a a, uh, charges sort of thing over sports people. So they say, oh, this bloke, uh, you know, did X, Y, Z issue and then, but scored average seven points, eight rebounds and three assists this year for the Toronto Raptors. And, you know, well, why is that relevant in any of this situation i think it's one of those um and sorry to get deep on the pod on the pod today but um there's quite an interesting topic um why that becomes a, a talking point at all when you know if it was any other bloke lyle podcast host averaging 200 episodes you know that doesn't get written at the end if i've had any um indiscretion you know that um you don't see it in any other industry, which I think is, is interesting. But anyway, we digress. What all these uh, faithful listeners uh, want to talk about, and maybe we'll take a break before, but after the break, we're going to have a chat about Dyson Daniels, Australia's own Dyson Daniels. Ooh. I know we're all pretty excited about him. Um, so we'll take a break, and then if you can hang around, guys, we'll uh, we'll get back into it after this break. welcome back everyone to the sports ethos new orleans pelicans podcast before the break we were well we're chatting all things pelicans with my australian friends and uh fellow supporters uh we've got ads aiden and brenton and we were going to have a chat about australia's own dyson daniels obviously selected when i learn how to speak uh selected number eight by the new orleans pelicans this past draft very excited. A uh, young fella from regional New, uh, Victoria, pardon me, uh, and loves seafood. He's, well, he's ready to try the seafood of New Orleans, is what we've heard when everyone asks him what he's heard about it. Uh, so looking forward to seeing what he can do on the court. Ads, what are your thoughts on Dyson?
3: So I don't really have that many, except for what I've seen from mainly YouTube highlights and his little stint in the, uh, the All-Star weekend, which... You know, proven winner already, helped his team win. But like, he just fits into the mold of like how Australians get really taught how to play basketball. Like, we are just defensively minded from age five. If you show any talent, you're a defensive player. And look at look at the guys who have come through for us. Like Bogut, obviously seven footer, but like defensive. Daly, defensive. Patty Mills not defensive, but like, look at all the rest of the guys. They're just defensive guns. And that's how they get into, like now we're seeing the talent come through. the guys who can shoot. Like Simmons is a defender as well. But like, that's just, how, look, him being Australian and also a Victorian boy warms the cockles of this grown man's heart. Just, it's just good to say a young and the man is talented. The man is very talented and just let's go. He just fits this roster. well.
1: Yeah, we just uh,
3: that interchangeable defensive guy who can score, but he but the scoring isn't the primary part of his game. So that's just I, I can't wait. I cannot wait. We're gonna get some Vegemite to some of our um, American, uh, some of yours, yours sorry, not ours, your American listeners.
1: <laughs> yeah, we do need to get some over there. Um, yeah, when I head over towards the end of the year, perhaps that will be packed in. The suitcase, but uh, I don't know if I'll be able to convince people to eat it. I think people, uh, when you see me coming at you a little bit, (laughs) they'll be a little bit shook with my red moustache and broad Australian accent. I think it's going to catch a few of them off guard, particularly saying, hey, eat this. Uh, This black uh... (laughs) tar-like, yeah, yeah, exactly. has also got a uh, a glorious red moustache, such as myself, uh, which we love to see, we'd love to represent that. Um, what was I was going to say, Dyson Daniels. I completely agree. He is um he's a prototypical guard as well. I mean, being six eight, they were talking about before he got injured in summer league uh, that he might be playing one through five. They're even going to try him as like a, a small ball center. Which when you've got a center that can ball handle and defend like that, I mean. Come on, I don't know how it would have worked. But um, if you've got that ability to play basically four guards or four ball handlers at, at once, I mean, or even five, it's, it's a luxury. And to have a guy that is defensive-minded first, we saw that last year with Herb Jones. Get a defender and you teach them how to shoot or repair their jump shot, and that seems to be the one knock on, on Dyson uh, is this spotty jump shot. And again, is that just because he didn't have to shoot? In the G League, I don't know. They're, they're, a lot of things are based off um, the statistics and the like. And I mean, I've watched a bit of film on him, but again, I didn't watch every G League game. I didn't. I haven't seen heaps of him. Uh, and will he take a jump in the NBA where he gets a bit more space and you know he doesn't have to be that primary scorer or facilitator? He can. He can just contribute. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Uh, he does, does.
3: He does. Yeah. Have, he does uh, have uh, Fred Vincent. He does. He does. The
1: school of Fred Vinson's shooting, and uh, we've seen him repair even the most clunkiest jumpers. Uh, well, the carbon copy there, the CC Lonzo Ball, and his uh, shooting from the hip turned into a, a bit of a sniper towards the end of his reign at, um, at the Pels. Uh, Hayden, did you have any thoughts on Dyson Daniels? Have you looked into him at all?
4: Oh, not not noble. like not a lot, but um, <laughs> The small, small amount that I've seen at Summer League, it was pretty amazing. Um, the, the court vision that he has uh, in the offense, like the speed that he can get the ball out to another player, not dick around with it. He just gets around the pick and roll, gets it to the open man. And I don't know, this is something weird that I, I found, but he could throw these bullet passes that were just so easy to catch. Petty was catching them in the corner and just knocking down those threes. It was ridiculous. And like he only did that in what was it? Did he play eight minutes? Eight minutes or, eight nine minutes, minutes or I think, something? Yeah. yeah. And straight away, I was like, "Wow, that is smooth." Like he was just smooth. Um, I'm not worried about his three point shooting. He doesn't have to score for us. He, he really doesn't. He's going to be playing with on the back of Zion and Brendan Ingram. He's not going to have to score twenty points. You know, I think that's the luxury of us getting that Lakers pick. You know, we're a playoff team. Um, we're not a we're not a bottom feeder team. We've got we've got all star players. Where we're looking at going one step further, and he he doesn't have to come in and light the world on fire. He just got to do his job, defend hard, rebound, just get assists, make plays. You know,
1: yeah. And I suppose when you add a, a young guy, I mean, what is he?
4: 18 years old,
1: still growing, had a growth spurt in between. You know, being drafted and uh, well finishing G League and being drafted. Now I listed it at six eight, as we were saying. I mean his ability to read the court, control the offense, hit passes or even attempt passes that uh, most people wouldn't even see, I think is a real luxury. And then to be able to bring him along slowly, such as like we did with with Trey Murphy and, uh, and guys like that last year, there's not many teams that would be able to do that, especially in the the top 10. Those guys are meant to come in and contribute for the most part. For most teams, they're looking at a, a bit of a difference maker in the in the lottery, whereas we have that benefit of, you know getting a real high upside guy who could he could contribute from day one, but he, he probably won't have to, and I think that's um a real like a huge luxury and a huge bonus for his development as well. That he will be able to, um, you know, proceed with that, um, and, and develop his game as he goes along now. I have held on to you for a while and I appreciate you you're taking the time out of your Wednesday evening to, to have a chat with us um one thing that I think we need to do is look in the crystal wall and, and what do we expect from this season I uh, I'll start with um with Aiden again on this one um what do you think of this season coming up are you, are you hopeful are we excited I know we sort of alluded to it
4: yeah I'm very hopeful I think I I think a top top six, you know, I don't think we should be in the play in personally. Um, you know, the Jazz, they're not gonna they've obviously fallen out of the top eight now. Um I don't think Dallas made the moves to keep them in the at the top top of the uh of the west. And there's always injuries, you know. Denver they've got two guys coming off of the year out as well. So I know we've had Zion out, but we didn't have him last year, we made the playoffs. So I think yeah, top I think top six. Probably could push a little bit more, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stretch it that far because we still have a few young guys there. But no, I I don't think any anything less than six, so, you know. And uh, yeah, just Brandon Ingram, I think should be should be an all star this year. Zion um, will probably be an all NBA player. I, I don't see like he had a foot injury, yeah, but you know he's not gonna he's not gonna be any worse than what he was two years ago or two seasons ago. So yeah, top six, I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think, um, yeah, I think we, on paper, we aren't a playing team. I think we're better than that. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. The And making reference to Denver, you know, Clippers are getting Kawhi back. They've added John Wall, which in 2014 would have been a fantastic team. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Clippers can do, whether these Lakers managed to put it together whether the Twin Towers over at um, Minnesota decide to do anything, what the Jazz do. The West is just bizarre because, you know, Dallas letting Brunson go, but then getting Christian Wood, does that work? I don't know. Um, You can never really count Luca out. What are the Suns doing? Are they in disarray with, I don't know, what they're trying to do? Have they got the opportunity to improve or is this the final form? Can the Warriors do it again? Gosh, the Kings have got Sabonis, and you know, can they do anything? Uh, probably not. But <laughs> sorry, Kings. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. Spurs as well are always a, a pain in the behind in terms of just competing, even though they probably can't. Um, even though they got rid of Deshante Devo- uh, Murray, oh, it's bizarre. Um, Brenton, what is what's your forecast? I mean, Brandon Ingram All Star has to be a
2: lock, surely. Yeah, you'd have to think so. Um, you know, that's, that's one thing I'd love to see this season. Um, that young man just uh, finally get what, what is coming to him, um, you know, in terms of media uh, attention and, and fan attention and that type of thing. The, the, the guy's a superstar. We know it over here. I think that not enough uh, other people around the league quite see it. You see it on Twitter, you know. Uh, just not enough love for that guy. He's, uh, he, he is a superstar now, uh, in my opinion. As far as the Pels overall, um, yeah, I think on paper, like as long as everyone stays healthy, there's, you know, what did Swin Cash say? The sky's the view. I, I think I think top six is uh, absolutely well within reach. And as you said, Lyle, the, the West is weird now. Like there's been so much movement and we're not sure where any of these teams are going to end up and if they're going to work well together. I think on paper, uh, we make a whole lot more sense than some of these other teams. And uh, I, I'd, I'd love to see us, you know, hit the six or above. Absolutely. Uh, that's that's my hope. Uh, not playing serious playoffs. And uh, I'd like to see us get past at least uh, the first round this time.
1: Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you. And I think, look, we, we've got the people there. We've got all of the support, all of the coaching staff. We've got the players We've got the fans. I mean, fingers crossed. And, I mean, there's, there's, there's got to be some winners and losers in this. Let's just hope that touch wood everyone's healthy and all of a sudden we're making some real noise at the uh, the pointy end of the season. Uh, Ads, what are your thoughts on the season are you Optimistic?
3: I'm never optimistic about an upcoming Pelican season, except for this one. We <laughs> really are like, my expectations on this season are Memphis last season. Yeah. Why can't we do what Memphis did? We have everything in place. We have just, we're ready to go. And I think we kind of have a better roster. Like, they did, re- they, they exceeded every expectation that they had last season. I really think we're a top four team in the West. Just on on paper, and if we put it together on the court early, if we we suck at the start of the season. But if we do it early and we get out to like, you know, uh, eight and three run to start the season off, why can't we win 47 games?
2: Tell you what, if we get out to an eight and three run to start the season, teams will be sitting up and looking at New Orleans going, what is going on there? Yeah, we'll probably get
3: Dallas four times at the start of the season, and just get Luca coming off. <laughs> but yeah, like we have very high expectations for this team. Like we're getting everyone at the right time. That third, like Herb, Herb's a different animal. Herb is just the beast of be human back. But he's already in that starting defensive stock He's going to be an all defensive candidate next year. Like we have that player. We've got Zion. We've got Bi. Bi will be an all star. Lock that up, but Jonas as well. Jonas is going to put himself into the like he had an amazing season. He was a leading three point shooter in the first twenty games last season. That's right. But he look the players on this team and how like once uh, McCollum got there last season, that is the smoothest journey you've seen this organization have in ten years. They just all clicked, and you're adding a generational talent. Who, by all accounts, all the players love, the staff love Zion's like Zion is coming into this team. Why why not think top four?
1: Yeah, well, like like, uh, Brent said, and channeling swing cash, the sky is the view. And I mean, I'm chomping at the bit. Honestly, I think it's just going to be such a. I can't get ahead of myself. I can't do it to myself, but I'm excited. I am. I am up and about. Um, and I I think it's going to be just a fantastic year Uh, regardless of the outcome I'm excited to see the guys Uh, I think they're going to they're going to fight as we know that they do Uh, they're going to come in with an expectation and I suppose a target on their backs as well uh, in some circumstances because they see all these guys together and I think if if we have that eight and three start as as a potential potentially predicted we'll see um, what the schedule looks like in a couple of weeks but I mean, all of a sudden...
3: Spoken like a bloody lawyer. <laughs> yeah, wishy-washy answer.
1: Everything <laughs> is yes and no. Nothing is... Yeah, you never yeah, never sign your name to anything. to tell you what. Uh, that's just good advice. Um, but not actual advice. I have to put a disclaimer into this now, but that's not <laughs> good advice. Um, <laughs> but guys, I appreciate all of your time tonight. It's been fantastic chatting with you guys and um, no doubt we'll be watching the season uh, un- Uh, unfold in front of us and no doubt be yarning on during the year as to how it all comes together and um, we'll have to do it again sometime Uh, Brenton do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up where can we find you anything to plug Uh, the mic is yours
2: nothing to plug mate Um, but uh, the final thought for me is Willie Green just coach Willie Green I am so impressed with that man how he brought a dilapid- dilapidated uh, roster together missing their all-star um and fought right through to you know a, a first round of playoffs and nearly got there I-, I am so impressed with how he's brought this locker room together i can't wait to see what he can do with a full complement of players that's it that's my final word willie green
1: yeah, I'm with you. That's um, that's a good a good way to cap off. Ads. Uh, any
3: final thoughts? As, well, we didn't fuck around and have sex with any spiders, did no, we? No, no, we didn't. We didn't.
2: <laughs> that's It had on. to come up.
3: <laughs> it was always, always going to come up. Bloody Americans <laughs> not understanding Australian slang. But other than that, like, yeah. I've just pumped as shit to watch this team play. I've been really biting my tongue all day on uh, swearing as well.
1: Mate, let rip. Oh, no God. dramas.
3: <laughs> we, we, we're going to be a fucking top four team in the West, and we're going to have a winning record against the East next season. Lock it in. I don't gamble, and that's why.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited, and uh, Aiden, What do you reckon? Any final
4: thoughts? Any comments? i just want to shout out rocky because i think she's still uh still trying to work out the old <laughs> not even to fuck spiders quote i think that was hilarious i think she's still laughing at that um i think final force to me was uh us aussies need to come out of the woodwork we need to need to band together i know there's more than just the four of us you know uh i got the Pels 12 down under page there that's 20 something strong now, but I know there's more. I you see you see him all the time. Um see him on, on Reddit, see him on Twitter, you see him on Facebook. There's we've got to band together, we've got to show show the US that there's a huge following for New and sport in Australia. And I think especially getting Dyson now, we're gonna we're definitely gonna see those Daniels jerseys parading around town. And yeah, it's gonna be good.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think we're going to see um, we're going to see a heap of Dyson Daniels jerseys, like we've seen Giddy, like we've seen Ben Simmons, like we've seen Bogut and Deli and Joe Ingalls all throughout the journey. And all of a sudden, people of, uh, of Philly fans and they're this. Well, come aboard. Good time to join. It's a great time to be a New Orleans Pelicans fan. And if you aren't a member of the Bells 12 Down Under on Facebook, well, let us know. We can put you in touch with Aiden, and um, and you can jump in there and join the group. And we chat bells and, and put our thoughts in there and lots of, uh, you know, carry on and all that sort of jazz in there. So we're building a we're building an army, a Pell's army. And uh, it's Down Under and the uh, the fan base is worldwide. And guys, I'd just like to extend my thanks very much. Brenton, any Anything you've got
2: the you wanted to chime in? Yeah, sorry. I was just thought maybe Twitter handles might be a good idea. Like, if we're going to try and pull some Aussie Pels fans together, maybe some Twitter handles. Mine's at Terrain72, so at T-E-R-R-A-I-N-7-2. If the other guys are cool to send theirs out, we can maybe yeah. pull some Aussie Pels fans together.
4: Yeah, Aidan? Yeah, I'm at Docs Cards, so D-O-C-K-S-Cards um also on instagram a bit of a sports card and trading card collector so i showcase all my stuff there so if you want to have a look at some pretty unreal drew holiday uh
3: memorabilia <laughs> have a look on there but yeah and ads so i'm actually a really shit twitter follow it's basically me just pitching about afl 90 percent of the time but it's <laughs> fine if you want it, at adds Theo. And just to before we go, just to quote, uh, Tobias Fumke from Progressive De- Development about the pals down under. There are dozens of us, dozens. Exactly right. There is, uh, we're going strong
1: down here. And guys, go and follow these guys. Uh, any of the other Aussies that want to reach out, then. Do it, jump on. Um, I'll put all of the, I'll tag all the guys in the post as well, so you can jump on, give them a follow. They're all, uh, fantastic follows and ads is just being, uh, uh, being modest because I love his AFL takes. I think they're great. And um, <laughs> guys, thank you very much. Uh, and we'll uh, have to tee it up again soon. Uh,
3: thank Thanks, you, Will. Oh, thank you.
1: All right, guys, thank you very much to the guys again. As always, this has been the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Swithinbank. You can follow the show at Ethos Pelicans. At Lyle Swithinbank is me. It's a great day to be a Pels fan, particularly if you're a Pels fan down under. I'll speak to you all soon and uh, bye for now.